0: One family, on one mission, through one cooperative effort. You are now listening to the SC Baptist Podcast. And now here's your host, Dr. Tony Wolf.
1: Welcome to the first of nine episodes in the South Carolina Baptist 10 by 10 podcast, where our goal is to double-click on the overall plan and its seven priorities. You can find more details on the plan itself at scbaptist.org forward slash 10x10. Ultimately, South Carolina Baptists see a day when every life is saturated and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we pool our resources and relationships together in pursuit of that future reality, we believe that each church can and every life counts. My name is Tony Wolfe. I serve the churches as the Executive Director-Treasurer of the South Carolina Baptist Convention, and I have several guests with me today to help with this episode. Lee Clamp is our Associate Executive Director, and he supervises and manages much of the ministry and mission efforts of the convention. Welcome, Lee.
2: It's great to be here.
1: Chuck Sprouse. Is it Sprouse or Spruce? Is Sprouse I ain't from around here So uh, there we go He is in his 20th year August 1st would be 20 years As pastor of First Baptist Church in 96 South Carolina And he served on the Executive Board's Business Finance and Audit Committee last year That unanimously recommended this plan to the full board Uh, Chuck is also our convention's president-elect So welcome to the show, Mr. Future President Uh, Good to be here with you (laughs) Kyle Caldell, the bull-riding pastor of North (laughs) The retired bull Riding pastor of North Anderson Baptist Church is the vice chair of the executive board this year. Kyle, thanks for joining us. P-
0: pleasure to be here.
1: And thank you all for just being a part of this inaugural episode here uh, to kind of explain and, and dig a little deeper into the 10 by 10 plan. So Let's jump right into it. Sure. Lee, I'd like to start with you. Why do we have $10 million of undesignated funding in our bank account? How mm-hmm. did that get there?
2: Well, the simple answer is we haven't spent it yet, Tony. <laughs> <good> <laughs> But the reality is that Baptists are extremely generous, and, um, and we have a, a Baptist foundation that knows what they're doing. Mm, that's good. So basically through the years, um, we have budgeted what we expected to bring in from Baptists. They tend to sometimes over exceed our expectations, and at times uh, we will not spend some of the money that we had planned. So typically we try not to spend what we, what we bring in. Uh, At the same time, the Baptist Foundation has done an incredible job of taking our assets and not just sticking it in a checking account where you get 0.1% interest, but actually to put it uh, to work in investments, even in kingdom investment companies that help um, advance the gospel. Through the years, um, because that has not been seen as revenue, that continued to grow. So at the end of the day, about three years ago, as I took over as chief strategist, As we were doing our budgeting, I noticed that we did not include the revenue stream of our investment income. And so we started that a few years ago. But even in doing that, when you spend the money that Baptists would give towards mission sending and the investment income, you're still left with what you started with, which is your assets that you originally had. And um and so now we sit at a time where all of those have um continued to grow and we're in a very healthy position financially. And uh and it's time to spend some money.
1: Mm. Yeah. Hey man, I, I've been struck lately just by the faithfulness of generations past and present mm-hmm. of South Carolina Baptists yeah. to invest um so graciously and generously in the mission that they share uh in our in our cooperative mission. So uh, you know, ultimately, um we we have funds in the bank because churches are generous and and God is kind and um so so Kyle tell me you know you you were also in the BFNA discussions um, earlier or late last year and part of the board uh, and you're very involved in convention life mm-hmm. um, so could you give us the short version like what. What is the ten by ten plan? Yeah, great. Uh, what what is that? Yeah. So, <clears throat> what I've
0: tried to do with people who have asked me, pastors and leaders, since uh, since our last executive committee meeting, is try to kind of condense that a little bit into a sentence. I guess uh, that I've used is not the sentence we're working with for sure, but I, I look at it as kingdom investment. I everything in my life, my brain, I'm just wired this way. I think about ROI. Just. What is the return on investment? What is return on investment? And that's everything from my ministry, uh, the time that I spend, even at the gym. I'm going to the gym when I leave here. I'm, when it gets one of us, by the way. Yeah, when it, when it gets us. very difficult, I'm going to have to tell myself there's an ROI here. There's an ROI here. So I, I think about investment all the time. And this seems to be, uh, for me at least, uh, just a real kingdom investment. So back in uh, – Early December, we had our last executive board meeting. Dr. Wolf, you presented us uh, some vision uh, for this 10 by 10 plan. And I was trying to be uh, trying to use decorum and not jump up on the table and, and shout, let's go. Um, but it's, this, this is an investment, a kingdom investment. We've identified uh, several areas of strategic focus where uh, we're going to be planting uh, this investment. Um, and I think we're going to see great dividends from this in the future, reducing lostness in South Carolina. Mm. Uh, that's, that's the heart, uh, strengthening our churches in South Carolina, serving uh, our people here in South Carolina. Uh, so, so it's really, for me at least, it's an investment uh, over a 10-year period of time, uh, where we're allocating strategically, uh, very intentionally, money towards very specific goals uh, that allow us to really impact lostness here in the state.
1: That's huge and very well said. If I can get a print out of that, then I can use it every time I explain it. That would be great. Thank you got you. it. <laughs> that was great. You got it. <laughs> so, um, And just additionally, to add on top of that, uh, we're, not, um, we're not talking about changing the way we currently invest. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, you know, the kingdom giving of South Carolina Baptist churches uh, annually. So we, we have a budget uh, that's a little more than $14 million a year that comes through in-state missions and ministries. That includes our partners and yeah. uh, the ministries of South Carolina Baptist Executive Board. Yeah, and that's um,
0: talk, that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about it. This is in addition to that's right. the kingdom work that's already going, the ongoing work of uh, the state convention and strengthening our churches. This is an addition to that. So, man, it's exciting for me. It is. Yeah.
1: I just like to go on the record saying I wish you would have jumped up on the table. And yes, shout that would was, was. It was close. That would have been an epic moment. It was close. It was close. <laughs> I do appreciate you using your best bull riding voice uh, on this podcast, though. So that was good. Yeah, Thank man. You. All right, Chuck. Uh, walk us through, brother. I've been. I've been so. Th- you know, I'm still kind of new. Like I've only mm-hmm. been here about ten months, and uh, I've been so impressed by and thankful for your obvious heart for not just for South Carolina Baptist and this missions funding mission sending organization but for the local church and for the lost and for the wise stewardship of the resources that have been entrusted uh, to us by God and I felt like several times uh, there's several uh, uh, wonderful committed faithful pastors in that business finance and audit committee and on the board in general and uh, but there were a few times where I felt like you pastored us through some decisions mm. uh, on that, uh, for lack of better terminology, on that uh, small committee decision-making process. And I was just really thankful that God had put you on the board to to give us some pastoral wisdom and thought behind uh, this plan. So walk us through how the BFNA and how the board came to this decision. How did we get here? Well, as had been mentioned, South Carolina Baptists have been very sacrificial
3: and generous in their giving. Mm. But I'd also say that our BF&A, as well as our state convention staff, have also been very responsible in their spending. And because of that, we, through the years, were able to build up some money. So the, the BF&A, we're just looking at the overall health of our financial status. Where are we? How much are we bringing in? What are we spending? What's the real budget look like? And in that analysis, we determined that there was, I believe at the time, probably more than $10 million that was sitting there unused unspent, with no purpose. Now, that money very easily for a budget and finance audit committee, particularly that made up of a lot of business people, people that came from the secular finance world, can look like a very interesting safety net Mm. that would fund us and hold us for a long time, no matter what the economy did, no matter if churches quit giving. So we could have seen it that way. Uh, We began to test the waters, though, of saying, what would happen if we were to put this money... Into ministry Mm. and so we sort of trickled it out and I think that was helping us as a budget finance audit committee to kind of see what it felt like to let go of some of it Mm. and I believe God used a period of time to grow people's faith during that time to say we could get to the place that we are able to release this money into ministry as a shot of adrenaline as it has been said to help fuel the work of South Carolina Baptist I personally believe that the last couple of years have been a place that we had to decide. Are we going to trust in God by faith and, and, and allow this money to go into ministry? Or are we going to hold on to this as a safety net? I believe if we held on to it as a safety net that we would not experience what it's like to see God work, but also to depend on him by faith mm-hmm. and be desperate for him to provide. Any time that we see God blessing a people, they are desperate for Him, and you're never desperate when you have a safety net.
1: That's a good word.
3: So God inspired us to begin to put this money in the ministry, but we didn't have a plan. We didn't, you know, it was just kind of trickling out here, there, and and maybe some some of that was for the budget and finance and audit committee, so that they could have a heart to be able to let go of it, so that God could develop that faith within us. I've thought back many times about. You know, should this money have been spent earlier? But, but I honestly believe now is the time, mm-hmm. and I believe that uh, the current leadership that we have, that is building on good leadership from the past, I believe God is giving us this time, a new day in South Carolina, to have this uh, adrenaline shot to boost some very important areas of ministry, and I believe, I believe when we do this five-year uh, look back, I believe God's going to replace this money. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're spending it wisely and we're, we're we're spending it by faith and we're investing it in the kingdom rather than trusting in that safety net we're trusting in god to provide
1: amen and this does in many ways eliminate an organizational safety net that we've kind of held on to for years and i want to be clear i've, I've tried to say this when i speak to people about the 10 by 10 plan that uh, I don't think anyone in South Carolina Baptist recent history, uh, in leadership or executive board or elected convention leadership, I don't think anyone has been unfaithful right. in That's their right. time. I think right. they've done exactly what God's called them to do in this time. Yeah. Um, you know, in in His wisdom, God inspired Solomon to write that there's a time to gather stones and there's a time to throw stones. Uh, I use this uh, this text a lot when explaining it to the board and and to the uh, BFNA and also. To our own staff, that uh, like Nehemiah at the end of his life, Nehemiah thirteen thirty one, uh, he asked the last thing he asked of God, "Remember me, because I made provision for wood." Mm-hmm. Out of all the good things that God accomplished, uh, God had called Nehemiah in his time to make provision for wood, because in his day, no wood, no fire, no fire, no sacrifice, no sacrifice, no no blessing. And here we are with uh, a generation of Nehemiah's before us who have made provision for wood. Uh, and we have the heart and the defined priority and the mm-hmm. strategy uh, to to set some fires where we can make worthy sacrifices and beg for God's blessing yeah. uh, and that's the plan. So all right, guys, what do you feel? Let's just open it up what what do you feel like um, uh, you know what you're most excited about or how you feel like the ten by ten might uh, affect Great Commission advance in South Carolina. I'm not asking you to be prophets. So if what you say doesn't come true, we're not going to stone you or anything. But, uh, but in general, you know, what what are you most excited about, or what do you feel like, you know, five years down the road, like you said, Chuck, or ten years down the road, if we follow this through in faithfulness, uh, let's dream together. Mm-hmm. What might this look like? Sure,
3: I'll jump in first. That way, they won't take mine. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm uh, I'm most excited about the health of our shepherds. Mm. Um, I believe you know we we've often said what would happen if any church was fully committed to God and went into our community. But what would happen if every South Carolina Baptist church was led by a healthy pastor, mm. uh, a pastor who didn't feel like a failure, a pastor who was well uh, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and and that shepherd could lead in the right way. I'm excited to see us invest in our pastors. I think our pastors are great resources. I do know some pastors struggle. I know some pastors are very healthy, and I'd love to see those pastors get together and encourage each other and to build a network. But uh, I'm very excited that we are going to be investing in the pastors in our state.
1: Amen. I love that. And you guys can jump in on that, too. Uh, We'll double-click on the Shepherd team when we get to it in a few episodes, but... um, I mean, ultimately, it's a celebration of the good work that associational leaders across the state are already doing in pastor health. Mm-hmm. And it helps us come alongside them a little more strategically and, and to bolster and infuse this new effort in pastoral leadership and pastoral care uh, and pastoral networking yeah. in a statewide, which is what the South Carolina Baptist Convention is, a statewide mission and church health strategy. Uh, so I'm very, I'm very excited about the Shepherding Plan as well. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah, I, I am
0: as well, and I, I think one, a couple of areas that um, are very important to me. I'm very excited about the possibility of investment and return here. Uh, one would be African-American engagement mm. in our churches. I, I, I think the statistic is our, our state is is it 24% or 26% you have African-American. And, you know, I, I look at just the local church, um, Lee, I, I think is a a sign of good health is when the church looks like it's community. That's right. Um and I, th- I think a sign of a good health in a state convention would be the same. Where our state convention would would uh, mimic the kind of the demographics of our own community, and we don't have that right now mm-hmm. uh, as far as African American engagement. So I think this is a key. Uh, I'm really excited about this going into the future, and also um, uh, the work we'll do towards um, survivor care mm-hmm. and and uh, having a. a you know, a, a, an advisor in that capacity as well. Uh, that's something we've seen on the national level. And I think South Carolina's uh, led the way in a lot of ways here mm. in some some very uh, proactive uh, measures that we're putting in place. So those two things are very important. All of it is very important, but those two things really stand out to me. I'm excited about them.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think about African-American engagement and, you know, 11 o'clock in South Carolina is the most segregated time in the history of our week and um you know what what should have been the uh you know the pioneers in the effort now seems to be the final frontier and i think that with the church leading out and saying you know we're going to notice people mm. whether they're african american or whether they're foreign born mm-hmm. or whether they're anglo we're going to notice them and uh and if and if we notice that we're not reaching one segment we're we're going to we're going to double down and see what we can do to to go after right. and invest and uh and that that gets me energized i mean the, yeah. the you know generally what gets me energized is the ability to say yes right you know i mean when god starts stirring and and um and associations and and leaders say you know all we need is uh is some type of investment here and god is stirring and we can see the strategic uh return on that investment and the ability to just say let's go after it you know if it fits in this in this realm of um these seven priorities and uh we feel like it's gonna make a dent on the targets that we're hitting and trying to go after. Um let's just give it a try. And so I just love this this um this attitude of uh, risk because that's what faith is, right? I mean it's a risk move. And so this idea that we would put a little bit of risk uh on the table, we'd be willing to to go after it. And um and that that just really gets me energized. So, you know, to be a leader uh, you know, among our other state conventions on, you know, uh, how can we uh, develop cooperative agreements with other parts of the world that are under-resourced? And how can we, you know, get after taking these 3,000 unreached people groups and uh, and making sure that there's a gospel witness there? And, um, you know, we've been able to do that even with the very first, you know, P3000 missionary that that saw their first convert in the 3,000 mm-hmm. unreached people groups. Uh, this past year and they came from South Carolina and they came from an investment in a risk to try to, you know, raise up uh, college students to go on mission with Palmetto Collective. And um and we ought to start saying two thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. You know, I mean let's <laughs> right. you know let's just start ticking, down. ticking this down. And, you know, for that reason I get I get really energized.
1: I think one thing that excites me, of course, all of it excites me in all of its individual pieces. But one thing, just in my spot uh, where God has called me for this season of my life, one thing that really excites me is that um, these priorities that we've listed are not my; they are my priorities, but they're they're not born from my heart. They're born from South Carolina Baptist. Uh, these these are the seven things that I have consistently heard across the state. For about six or eight months worth of just traveling around and asking, what's important to us? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do we need to head in the future? Um, what's what's the greatest opportunity for Great Commission advance uh, in local churches with pastors of uh, churches of all uh, you know worship attendance sizes um, and associational leaders and entity leaders? Uh, asking the same questions is just trying to capture our voice. And I feel like these seven priorities—they're not my priorities—and they're not. Lee's priorities, uh, they're not even the board's priorities. They're just South Carolina Baptist priorities. This is who we are, this is what we care about. Um and I love the unity and the excitement uh, that's that's fueling uh this engagement, this willingness to sacrifice. Uh Yeah, I'm wanting to jump
0: up on the table now and start doing my thing. <laughs> Come on. We should video well, this thing. We should.
1: You yep. I think you should.
0: This table's and not holding me.
1: <laughs> Maybe at the end of this episode, we can get a good yeehaw out of you. We'll Yuko. get it. We'll All get right. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, guys, thank you for this. Uh, I wonder if somebody wants to jump in and give me a, a shot at what's the worst case scenario. What's hmm. I mean, if uh, if over 10 years we deploy $10 million of uncom- currently uncommitted assets, uh, cash assets, into the ministry missions model of the convention, Um uh, What's the worst-case scenario? What's the worst thing that could happen?
3: From my perspective, and I thought about it even from the BFA uh, perspective, if we invest this money, we don't see our cooperative program giving going up, uh, then we have invested into good ministries. We have done kingdom work in South Carolina, mm-hmm. and we have been faithful. So I'm going to say it this way. I believe that God is going to resupply or even maybe give us more as we're faithful with what he's given us. But in the words of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but even if not, this is still the right thing to do. Oh,
2: I like that. That's so good. That's That's so good. good. I'll tell you what the best case scenario is for me. Um, Best case scenario is that uh, churches all over the state of South Carolina, and maybe even through our convention, who are um, wise investors, and then all of a sudden turn around and see that they've got more than three to six months of operating expense mm-hmm. that could total even South Carolina as much as $200 million, wow. that they would say, let's do something mm. like the church this past year in, in, in rural South Carolina that says, you know, we've got too much in the bank and we want to actually release those funds for mission running probably 20 or 30 people every Sunday wanting to make a difference and completely funded the Palmetto Collective for the course of the year and added four additional missionaries uh, because of it. Those those types of scenarios from a best-case scenario, um, what would it look like if we all began to be faithful and say, hey, let's not just stockpile this. Let's let's put mm-hmm. it to use. Um, that, to me, is a best-case scenario when you look at the worst-case scenario.
1: Amen. I love one of our ministry partners at Connie Maxwell, Danny Nicholson, um, he has big. He knows how to dream big, and uh, and I love that man. And mm-hmm. he's been a constant source of encouragement and sharpening for me since I've been here. Uh, but I stood on his uh, front lawn there at Connie Maxwell six or eight months ago, and uh, he was telling me about some big dreams he has. And I said, Danny, that's that's. I think I said these words. That's a really big dream. Like it's it's a very expensive dream and it's yeah. a very big dream. And he said, Tony. Uh, I only know how to dream big. He said at the end of... Uh, I'm, I'm going to get the exact quote wrong, but this is what he said. And he said, uh, after I've expended myself and, and my time here, uh, even if God doesn't, even if God doesn't answer these prayers, he said, I want God to know that I believed he could. Mm. And really I good. I want to live in that space right there. Yeah. Uh, I want to live where where I, I demonstrate a faith in God uh, where if he is, is so pleased um, that he could effect a change that I could never imagine, mm. uh, or my, my wildest imagination of reaching South Carolina with the gospel and the nations, uh, even if we deploy $10 million over 10 years, uh, even if it doesn't affect the change that we're all hoping it does, I want God to know we believed he could. Yeah, Amen. Absolutely. All right, but Chuck, would you mind, Pastor, just uh, praying us out and ending this episode?
3: Absolutely. Thank you. Father, we gather before you today, and Lord, there is a sense of excitement in our heart. Uh, God, you have allowed us to um, take hold of some uh, possessions, some earnings through the years, and now, Lord, you are giving us a vision to see those go to work. And Father, I'm always excited to see what you're going to do. And God, we have a sense of excitement that you're going to use this for your kingdom purpose. But God, we don't know what it looks like yet. Mm-hmm. But Lord, I, I believe as we see it unfold that we're going to be even more excited. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I pray that one thing that we'll be careful to do is to, to stop along the way and to give you thanks that we'll not take what you're doing for granted. Mm-hmm. But God, we'll be uh, grateful that, that you are. Uh, at work among us and, and that God you have invited us to be a part of what you're doing And, and Lord that is exciting So Lord I pray that we're going to see Something happen here in this state That's the fastest growing state in our nation mm-hmm. God we we pray that we're going to see you do something here Where men, women, boys and girls Come to know Jesus as their Savior yes. mm-hmm. they, they come to know him better To love him more and to serve him And then Lord those people go out and win other people yeah. To be uh, their Lord and Savior And God we just pray that we're gonna see the waters of baptism stirred here in South Carolina, not mm-hmm. so that we can report the numbers, but so that kingdom will, so that mm. the kingdom will celebrate. Mm. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Yeah. Kyle? Get that yeehaw now? Well we don't actually say ye Oh, what do you say? Cowboy up. Mm. <laughs> see y'all next time strong.
0: Thanks for listening to the SC e. Baptist podcast. This SC Baptist resource is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches.